Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, patriots of all ages, welcome again to the new and improved in black and white. Still, we are the new definition of color commentary. I am Jerry Brooks, as always, your host and tour guide through the <laughs> bizarro world of Joe Biden's America. You can also uh, send us email at inblackandright.com. You can also go to our website, which has made some vast amounts of improvements. That's inblackandright.net. You can also uh, help us complete our fundraiser to CPAC in about two weeks down in Orlando. It's going to be nothing short of off-the-chain awesome. And uh, other things. We're uh, expanding onto new platforms. Uh, you can find us on Getter, Cloud Hub, Rumble, and soon you'll be able to get us on Locals.com. That's going to be a fun one too. So uh, we're going to be, uh, during uh, the time of CPAC, we're um, going to be taking a break from doing the audio podcast, but there will be a lot of content. There will be interviews, live streams, all sorts of things going on from the conference. And, of course, <clears throat> excuse me, the headline keynote speaker is, of course, going to be President Trump. That day is going to be crazy. That is for sure, but it's going to be a whole ton of fun. So, uh, with that in mind, uh, let's get on to the fun things in our wacky world of news. Now, to start on an up note, my friends... The Canadian truckers, God bless them all, they are doing some amazing things and have scored huge victories in the last 24 hours. Uh, the premier or the leader of the province of Alberta, one of its largest as far as population and even land area, as of midnight last night, local time, Every single solitary COVID restriction, vaccine passport, and mandate is now history. Or as they say uh, in uh, Quebec, uh, histoire. And now, on that same day yesterday, the premier of the province of Saskatchewan has also announced that as of next week, uh, the Saskatchewan mandates and restrictions will also be gone that is two provinces down and a few still left also another report that came out yesterday <coughs> pardon me was there was a convoy of truckers coming from Alaska through Canada to meet up with these guys in Ottawa to show American solidarity to their, to their fellow truck drivers from Canada. Now, we've also, well, there are reports that starting in early March, the American Freedom Convoy is going to go from California all the way to D.C. And, oh, man, that's going to be fun. Let's see if Biden and his mindless group of minions are going to try the same tricks. Now, of course, you can count on the lamestream, mainstream media to take the lies uh, that they told about Canada and they're going to say the same thing about uh, the convoy in America. But the problem is, 
by before, just before uh, the American convoy starts, on February 14th, Valentine's Day, multiple countries throughout Europe, multiple truckers throughout Europe, are going to be coming and converging on Brussels, Belgium, which is the headquarters of the European Union. Well, folks, that's going to be a huge one. I mean, this is not just a fluke. This is not some uh, one-off experience. This is a global movement, and people are tired. And wouldn't you know, it would be truck drivers, hard-working, solid, blue-collar folks who are leading the charge of freedom. I love it. I am absolutely, positively loving it. This is fantastic. But of course, in some circles, it's not all that fun. As a matter of fact, a story from Newsmax, uh, the re headline reads, Canada and US, U.S. business groups call for an end to the truck to the trucker trade route blockade. I'm like, hmm, I never heard them call it a blockade, but hey, <clears throat> it's, it's pretty much, uh, <laughs> it's pretty much what it is. It's sort of a blockade, and I've been picking up information, um, and I'm waiting to get confirmation on it, that apparently in the eastern, the maritime provinces of eastern Canada, some of these folks are going to be actually doing a boat blockade. Canadian boats stopping Canadian ships, I'm like, or, or ships coming into can Canadian ports. I thought, oh man, that's gotta be just wild. Absolutely wild to do that. And I'm thinking, whoa, that is crazy. I mean, really crazy, but you know, these people are dang serious. I mean, these the Canadians are serious. It's not nice weather like I have here in our studios in Florida. I mean, it is sub-zero cold. And they're out there. Not just a few, but more like a few thousand. Or actually, it's even more than that, really. You got trucks, you got people supporting the truck drivers, and of course, the Ottawa cops and other Canadian law enforcement are being jerks. Apparently, the fuel that they confiscate, the police that confiscated the fuel from the truckers was ordered returned. I mean, hello, law enforcement, wake up. You just committed a crime. You stole from people. And yet, you want respect because just because you've got a, a gun and a badge? Come on, stop being jerks here. Stop with the lies. I mean, you might as well tell uh, your police chief or whatever, the mayor of Ottawa, there's also the more way out and left field version of lawmakers there in Ottawa, in the national parliament. I mean, they're really no different than the Democrat socialists here in the States. But yes, yeah, so now we've got these business groups in the U.S. and Canada demanding the truckers stop their blockade of a vital trade route which is a bridge that goes from Canada to Detroit, right in the Michigan. So this is going to be interesting because, folks, whether you like it or not, these folks in Canada, they're in it to win it. They don't play. And sure, 
uh, Justin Trudeau can do what he wants. He can have his media continue to spread the lies. He can have people in Ottawa city government. They can lie, whatever. I mean, I'll tell you, if this is a very violent protest, then of course we've got false flag operations going on there too. Apparently, people uh, in the media are seeing pictures of people with Confederate flags, which is really weird in Canada, uh, swastikas, that's really weird, but the problem is they're not part of the group. These are false flag operations that are meant to simply push forth the false narrative of these are people who are white supremacists, blah, 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 they're haters, blah, blah, blah. Really, I'm sorry, I'm not buying it. I'm not seeing people, I'm not seeing these truckers who are throwing Molotov cocktails, busting store windows, destroying private and public property. If you want that, then go back to the summer of 2020 when BLM and Antifa was actually conducting a real insurrection. They destroyed private property, businesses, public property, monuments. They were absolutely wild. And Justin Trudeau supported them. But because of this, now it's an insurrection. It's an insurrection. How dare these people? You want real hate? Go back to the summer of 2020. That was real hate. That was real, maybe not white supremacy, but a whole lot of black supremacy and, well, liberal supremacy. These people were just not, not just socialists. They were anarchists. Marxist, socialist, these folks in Canada, <clears throat> whatever, it's pretty nuts. Now here's these groups, these business groups in Canada and the U.S. demanding that trade get re re um, re restart. My goodness, I'm sorry. I'm trying to find the right word. But no, 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 no. The Detroit Chamber of Commerce, the Canadian Chambers of Commerce, it's like, folks, these people are at their limit. They demand to be heard. Now, if Justin Trudeau wants to continue to be a woke, whiny weasel and not address these very reasonable demands, then they say, okay, fine. Give it a few weeks and let's see, let's see what happens. Hmm? Let's see what happens when truck routes across Canada and the US are all of a sudden slowed down. It's already bad enough we've got supply chain issues and here in the US. Let's see what happens when it starts to really hit Canada. Shipping on the west coast coming into British Columbia, that could be interesting. The maritime provinces of eastern Canada, let's see what happens when ships can't get through because they're being blocked. I mean, what are they going to do? I mean, the Canadian Navy blow these ships out of the water? Justin Trudeau does not know what he's doing. He is in a no-win scenario, a no-win situation. We've already got two provinces that are stopping the, the mandates. Ontario, British Columbia, Man, uh, Manitoba. I mean, yeah, they're, they will eventually come around because regionally, 
these guys are saying, hey, this is nuts. This is not good for us. I mean, it's not good optics because the polls and these people are reading the polls. I promise you, they're politicians. They're reading the polls and it's they're not winning. Last poll I saw, 54% of Canadians wanted the mandates and the vaccine passports gone everywhere in the country. They want their freedom and Alberta and Saskatchewan have listened and they're getting on with it. Same thing here in the U.S. We've got Democrat governors, a bunch of them, who are now all of a sudden getting rid of all these past vaccine mandates everywhere. California, Oregon, which is a real surprise, New York State, I think maybe uh, Connecticut, Delaware, other blue states, blue state governors, blue city mayors, because they know it's not popular, but quote-unquote science, I don't know if it has changed, and if it has, how has it changed, or the science was bogus to begin with, and they'll never show it. And people are finding out they're not relying on the mainstream, lamestream media. They're getting their information from multiple sources. Multiple sources. The internet, uh, networks like Newsmax, uh, Real America's Voice, they're getting it. They're getting information and they are ticked off. They're ticked off. And deservedly so. So yes, I'm happy for the truckers. I'm happy for the Canadians. And apparently, since the red wave seems to be coming to the U.S., the, especially Congress, the U.S. House, with only a four-seat majority. And I mean, what are the Democrats going to run on? Seriously, what are they going to run on? Record inflation, a porous border, the screw-up, major league screw-up in Afghanistan, where as of this day, February the 9th, 2022, we still have our vetted allies and American citizens over there, even though it's not being talked about by the media. And I have made a commitment to you, the members of the In Black and Right Coalition, that I am not going to lay off of this. The man, the Biden administration, I mean, Joe Biden is a vegetable living in the White House. I know that might sound cruel and mean, but hey, where where am I wrong here? The man's cognitive skills are fading fast. I mean, it's fading fast. And the weakness is being seen by our allies and more so by our enemies, our adversaries. And they are looking to go big time all on, uh, all on us. China, Russia, I mean, the Olympic Games in, in China, in Beijing are a mess. They are a disaster. It's like a gulag. I mean, they even have a ski jump with artificial snow and ice right next to an abandoned power plant. And it probably was maybe a nuclear power plant the way, I mean, if you saw the picture of a ski jumper right next to them, you would swear it was a nuclear power plant because they have the cooling towers just like a nuclear power plant. So yeah, so now you've got, oh, excuse me, now you've got business groups in the U.S. and Canada demanding that the blockade ends and the truckers are going, uh, 
truck no uh truck no buddy that's not gonna happen <laughs> and that's and i'm loving that it's their way of just saying politely no not gonna happen you're just gonna have to deal with it and give us our freedom back which is really scary because having to give back something that's actually yours or to demand back what's actually yours is really spooky to me it's real spooky it's a mind blower but hey what can you do folks we're living in a wacky world and speaking of wacky yes folks the Brandon administration has once again proven it is completely detached from reality how do I know this well apparently the story is out it was first reported in the Washington Free Beacon that 30 million dollars of taxpayer money is going to be used by the Brandon administration to fund crack pipe distribution and what is its goal to advance racial equity racial equity via government provided crack pipes and syringes really is this what they're doing I mean this is just that <clears throat> I, I'm just absolutely blown away 30 mil, over 30 million dollars of grant money which came from the COVID uh, the COVID relief bill passed by the Democrats I'm going what <laughs> this is in this is insanity I mean my gosh smoking kits I mean you've got clean crack pipes clean syringes why don't you just throw in bongs while you're at it too other drug paraphernalia because it's a mess it's a straight-up mess and <laughs> nothing says racial equity than putting people continuing to be slaves to addiction and for racial equity that has to be the most racist thing that I've heard because apparently that money is to go for people who are I guess underserved communities uh, in San Francisco Seattle others who have distributed drug paraphernalia to addicts nothing says Democrat dependence than keeping people enslaved to an addiction instead of getting them help to break their addiction and racial I mean what does racial equity have to do with being a crackhead I mean good grief we we know that Hunter Biden has is pretty much a crackhead and he's the son of Joe Biden the current occupant of the White House rich white kid crack smoking it's no different than if somebody who's Hispanic who's black LGBTQ whatever it's no different addiction does not discriminate it doesn't care where you are in your station of life your socioeconomic status it just plain doesn't care it just doesn't and for the federal government 
taking American taxpayer money through the Health and Human Services Department to somehow consider themselves, oh, well, hey, we care about you. So here's some, here's some drug paraphernalia. Here's a crack pipe. Here's some syringes if you're doing uh, heroin, whatever. That is not compassion, people. That is not compassion. I don't care what they say. I don't care what the media says. I don't care what other Democrat socialists say. That is not compassion, keeping someone enslaved to drugs. Because all it's going to do is make them more and more dependent on a, a on the what I call it the demon crap party because that's just sick and evil to enslave people and keep them addicted to drugs therefore they're going to need government and they're going to need all that great compassion oh that great compassion that we the Democrats offer I mean seriously this is part of the platform of the modern Democrat party no wonder they're expected to get a serious butt kicking and have several anatomical parts handed to them in November. This is why you've got 29 House Democrats who are not running for re-election. This is the party of Joe Biden. This is what they think of you. And I'm just going, I'm, I'm blown away because there are people who are pushing this stuff and they're doing it with a straight face. Somehow thinking that they're more compassionate and more tolerant. To enslave somebody to addiction of substance abuse, be it alcohol, crack, fentanyl, meth, heroin, that's not compassion, that's evil. That is plain, straight up evil. But yet, in the wacky world of Joe Biden, Yep, it's just going to be, you know, we're just going to do that. And I thought, oh, mercy. I mean, what else is going to come down the pipe? Hmm? Pardon the pun. But yeah, it's going to be crazy. Uh, and I can't wait to see how this goes. What are the results of this idiotic policy? It's not going to be good. Bottom line, it is not going to be good. It's just not. But along the same line, a government that's just plain whacked, uh, I got a story from The Blaze that is hilarious if it wasn't so serious. Now, I want to start out reading the story. The headline, D Department of Homeland Security coming dangerously close to criminalizing First Amendment and political beliefs. And I would have to slightly disagree because they are criminalizing the First Amendment. Look what's going on with the FBI and their counterterrorism uh, unit taking the cue from Merrick, I'm so much smarter than you are, Garland, and going after the free speech of parents who are ticked off at their school boards. And these school boards the teachers union are in an unholy and incestuous alliance to push back against parents and Virginia was the test case now yesterday what was really funny uh, speaking of um, mandates in schools 
the Virginia State Senate, which is Democrat-controlled, just passed a bill yesterday which would take Governor Youngkin's mask-optional executive order and turn it into an actual law, an actual statute. And I thought to myself, wow, 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 wow. A Democrat-controlled um, legislative body coming into agreement with a Republican governor. And now that the bill has passed, uh, overwhelmingly passed in the Virginia State Senate, now it goes to the Republican-controlled House of Delegates. And I'm sure they'll pass it. Governor Youngkin will sign it. And all these idiotic school boards that are standing so defiant, we're going to stop you. We're going to ignore you, Governor Youngkin, and your stupid executive order. What are you going to do when it actually becomes a statute? Hmm? What are you going to do? I don't think you really thought this through, you recalcitrant school boards and school districts and the teachers union. When it becomes an actual law signed by the governor, passed by the legislature, what are you going to do? Hmm? What are you going to do? Are you just going to openly and defiantly break a statute and bring down Jason Meares, the Attorney General, down on you, saying, hey, you're breaking an actual statute in Virginia. We're going to come and arrest your sorry butts. Let's see how tough you are when it becomes a law. Hmm? That's going to be wild. And I'm looking forward to that. I'd like to see how tough they really get. But anyway, this story, which is really hilarious in one way and really scary in another. And I want to read the, not the first, uh, yeah, first couple of paragraphs. I don't want to read the whole story, but the story begins, the State Department, along with over a dozen other Western governments, posted a joint statement expressing concerns about freedom of speech in Hong Kong. Perhaps these governments, beginning with our own, need to look in the mirror and recognize that their assault on basic human rights, including free speech, free association, and political and religious beliefs, is now on par with the behavior of the Chinese communists. Amen. Amen on that. It really gets on my nerves. I say, they want to, I mean, this is as as bad as what sports columnist J.A. Adonde said last week on ESPN's program Around the Horn. That we as the United States don't have a right to talk about China while apparently red states, namely Republicans, are assaulting the voting rights of people of color. You want to talk about, that's not cognitive dissonance, Mr. Adonde. That's just plain detachment from reality. We go, and it goes on in this article. Now, I'm quoting from their statement. The undersigned members of the Media Freedom Coalition expressed their deep concern at the Hong Kong and mainland Chinese authorities' attacks on freedom of the press and their suppression of independent local media in Hong Kong. That's what's, and that's a quote. <coughs> It was, and the signatories of this, oh, oh. I, I really busted a gut when I saw this. One of the signatories 
to this statement was Australia. Australia, who are, are doing their own version of human rights violation because, uh, under the smokescreen of the China virus. They're suppressing their own citizens. Heck, Australian cops around on the west, the Gold Coast of Western Australia actually had the unmitigated gall to storm in and interrupt a Catholic mass because they got quote-unquote tips that they were unmasked people. And they were just as rude and disrespectful as anything. I mean, they're essentially nothing more than modern-day brown shirts with Australian accents. I mean, a church service. Nothing is sacred to these people. Nothing. They are demanding complete compliance. And if you dare say no, then you get booted off to a quarantine camp or whatever. <laughs> I mean, look at our own country. We're talking about the Chinese and what they've done in uh, Hong Kong. Did anybody... S I remember watching some of those protests. They were singing the American National Anthem, holding up American flags on the streets of Hong Kong. Really? Oh my goodness. And yet, here we are, talking about human rights violations, trying to suppress free speech. Look what they're doing to Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, the biggest podcaster in the country. And they're trying to cancel him on Spotify. Now, fortunately, the CEO of Spotify, and I will give credit where credit's due, the man has stones and steel in his spine and says he is not going to cancel Joe Rogan. Why are you going to kill the guy who's basically, well, kill in the sense of getting rid of his program? Why would you kill the Golden Goose? Why? Joe Rogan went, it, is still on Spotify in spite of the whining, complaining of music artists and even Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. I have to ask uh, Prince Harry, dude, where's your stones? Your, your woman has turned you into a woke wimp and a weasel. I, I, I don't know. I don't know where to go with that. I really don't. But yet, Joe Rogan, um, Dr. Robert Malone, and Dr. Peter McCullough have been kicked off of Twitter because they won't, they won't bend to the will of the big tech oligarchs and spread false information and, and accuse them of spreading false information about the China virus. I mean, seriously? Dr. Robert Malone, the man who created mRNA technology for vaccines, is called a guy spreading misinformation? Next. Just, it's just next. I mean, the hypocrisy of this is so blatant. I don't even know what to do with it anymore. And I'm going to put a link to this story uh, also on the news page because this needs to be seen because it is so laughable to me, but it's also scary to me. Because now, look what's been going on in Canada. What they're doing to the truck drivers, what they're doing to churches. Past, Pastor um, Artur Pavlovsky 
a Polish immigrant who came to Canada as a young man, a man who's seen with his own eyes what the Soviets did to his native Poland and the Warsaw Pact countries. This guy knows what he's talking about. And yet, he just recently got rearrested, and the cops who were there were absolute jerks. They're pretty much kind of going around, hey, I got a badge, I got a gun. And I'm like, so what? You're still a jerk. You're still a jerk. And it has really made me question whether or not I can support law enforcement. And I know that's something that I normally wouldn't do, but I'm very emotionally conflicted. When Australian cops invade a Catholic mass right in the middle of it, when Canadian cops are trying to arrest people, they're taking fuel from people who've committed no crime, even though the mainstream media of Canada would try to tell you that, not only, and along with the American media. This is insane, folks. I don't know what to do. I just do not know what to do. But as I finish up today, I want to get into one last story that's actually a crack up to me. This, is, this came from Just the News, John Solomon's website. We have a link to it on our links page on in blackandright.net. But apparently, Liz Cheney, everybody's favorite rhino, who apparently not only got censured by the RNC, along with Crybaby Kinsing Kinsinger, apparently Liz Cheney's husband has a Hunter Biden problem. Now, Liz Cheney's husband is an attorney, uh, works for a law firm called Latham & Watkins, but this is a law firm which is working on behalf of foreign entities, including some that are flagged as threats to U.S. national security. Oh, mercy. This is whole, this is funny. Now, apparently, the story talks about uh, Philip Perry, who is Liz Cheney's husband, works for, a which were a law firm that works with Chinese entities and countries who have human rights abuses of authoritarian rule and have been a problem for the U.S. for years. And so, <laughs> it, it just cracks me up. Now, Liz Cheney has already been essentially booted uh, from the Wyoming Republican Party and she's going to be running for re-election and she's had donors like Bush 43 what a wuss and Mitt Romney uh, another wuss who's been helping her raise money from the never Trumpers and so forth but this is going to be interesting when this story starts getting out and I'm sure there are going to be plenty of people in the state of Wyoming this is going to be interesting it's like so Liz honey why does your husband work for a law firm that does business with China and other countries with human rights abuses and authoritarian rule I would love to see her do a song and dance on that one because the girls gonna have some serious serious issues Serious issues on this one. Oh, my, my, my. Well, anyway, folks, I see the clock on the wall. It's just about uh, hitting that time. Just want to say again, thank you so much for listening. Just simply download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 
You can check us out also on inblackandright.net. Right on our homepage, we have links to some of the platforms, some of the more popular platforms where we're on. Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Podcasts. So with that in mind, thank you very much. God bless, and remember, patriots come in all colors.